What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Richer Geek Podcast. Today, we welcome Joe DeSanto. Hey there, uh, folks. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, I, I love your uh, website, your your uh, your business name, uh, Play Louder, you know, because that's, that's what I think what all of us want to do. We work hard, but we also want to play hard, play louder, have fun. And, exactly. Uh, today, we're just going to talk about a little bit how you help people um, afford that type of lifestyle as far as... Uh, you know, how can they retire with uh, having a lot more money, uh, still with raising families and uh, all of that. But anyway, sure. before we dive into that, how you doing, Joe? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Mike. I appreciate it. <clears throat> now, going over your website uh, and your bio, you've done a lot at a, a very young age. Thanks. Uh, so uh, tell me about, uh, you know, everyone's always curious about Hollywood and, and all that fun stuff. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, well, I'm Joe DeSanto. I'm a Virgo. Um, I am a Virgo, actually. And, and that's partly, partly what makes the doing a lot by young age, you know, have happened. Virgos are like pretty uh, fastidious people. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm currently what I call semi-retired and, and I, and I work as a consultant being a CFO for small businesses and uh, one family office, and then also essentially a business manager for, you know, higher income, higher net worth individuals. And, but I, I didn't always do this. Um, I was, uh, I feel like I'm in, in a sense, more like maybe your audience members um, are in the position they're in. Uh, whether they own businesses or not, I was out there, you know, just doing my career uh, making some money and then and trying to try my best to figure out how to make the most of the money I was making, keep the most of it, uh, turn that into more money so that I could eventually retire. And I probably, you know, I always had a hope of an earlier retirement. Um, and luckily, I managed to to get get to a get to that a little bit earlier than than even I expected, which is great. And now I try to share that information and my knowledge uh, with both my clients and also anybody who's interested uh, by through my website, playletter.com. But uh, what I was doing is, is owning, uh, eventually I got to the point of owning a business in the post-production industry in Los Angeles or Hollywood, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually had post-production and production. And uh, we grew, my partners and I started the company when I was about 30 and we grew it till, till, 
about 30, a little over 30 employees, full-time employees. In our probably our height when we were producing um, what my bio describes, you know, my, our Emmy-winning television show that we produced, uh, we had about 60 people that year. But um, <clears throat> we, we, what we would do is uh, work for, for the commercial industry, making television commercials, also the film and television uh, industries, so making television shows and feature films. And, you know, for your audience who's not too familiar with that business or what post-production is, um, when you're making any one of those things, uh, commercial or feature or television show, first you start with production. Uh, you go out and shoot it and uh, you get it in the can, as they say. And back in the day, you were shooting film and the film came in cans. You would load it in the camera and then you'd take it out in, in like a dark bag and put it back in the can. And that's where that uh, got it in the can came from. Well, now it's pretty much got, got it on the hard drive. Um, but after you shoot the, shoot the, uh, the content, whatever you do, and it's just raw material and you go into the editing process, the creative editing process, and you actually put it together as it was uh, intended to be. And then after editing, you go through all these other processes like color correction and sound design and sound mixing and visual effects work and all that. And then you produce a final, well, it used to be a tape and now it's a file and you deliver that to wherever it needs to go, whether that be a studio or an ad agency or whatever. So I, uh, you know, worked my way up in the post-production industry. I actually, ironically, was a photography major in college and uh, was always kind of into math and art. And um, I ended up getting into photography because it was kind of like a good combination of, of a technical art form, um, you know, working with cameras and dark rooms and sort of a technical process. And then... Naturally, that, you know, led me into doing digital imaging and Photoshop and all that sort of stuff. And then when I got out of college, I managed to find the post-production industry, uh, which I, I, oddly I didn't know much about. I kind of thought I was going to be like a photographer's assistant and, and actually go the route of being a photographer. But I found the post-production industry, which is essentially video, you know, instead of just still images and uh, worked my way up. And, and eventually, you know, uh, my partners and I kind of hopped out on our own and, and started our own company. Um, and, but this was in two, we started the company 2006. So, it, you know, in, in, at that time, and even today, you know, for a service business like post-production, you actually need a location, you know, you need an office, you need space, you need, you know, amenities, you need, um, and, and honestly, post-production in Los Angeles, New York, and the big markets, it's, it's half the work that you do, but it's also part hospitality. Uh, people come into your studio and the studio is beautiful. I mean, it's not like your regular office. It's like, you know, a, a nice, awesome loft house. And we had a chef and a bar and, you know, we would really basically treat our clients, um, you know, just, just amazingly well and, and cater to them and wait on them and, and try to provide like the most fun, enjoyable experience while they were working on their project with us. So it was a really interesting business. Uh, you being in the hotel business, know a little bit about hospitality and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's got its unique, unique kind of challenges and attributes as well. But um, it's a nice combination of post-production of, of technical art, uh, so it, it ultimately was like the perfect place for me to land in, in terms of a career. And uh, 
we were luckily able to get the business going and, and it managed to be a success. Um, but uh, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun, but it's a very demanding um, career. I mean, I feel like actually every career career is a demanding career <laughs> these days. You know, it seems like whoever I talk to, they're all like, you know, once you get up to a higher level and in a lot of responsibility, mm-hmm. everybody seems to be working 60 plus hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, essentially, I, I did that, you know, 60 plus all the time for years, um, but got tired. And then we had a kid and uh, <laughs> I was like, holy moly, how do you do this now? That's crazy. Kids mm-hmm. like kids take up a lot of time, as it, as it turns out. Um, so my wife and I sort of decided to reevaluate our whole situation. And we, we sold on of our business. Um, my partners graciously cashed me out and we moved to Florida where we could essentially have, you know, let lower overhead and hopefully work less so that we could spend more time with our son. Um, <clears throat> but the reason we were able to do that is because I was always, you know, into finance, you know, I guess probably a lot like your listeners, if they're listening to this podcast and they're looking for unique investing ideas and trying to figure out how how to make the most of their savings, you know, I was just like them and um, managed to make some good moves and figure out a few things. And doing that allowed me to compound the money we were saving and, and get it into a nice position where it's giving us a a good portion of our, our income is coming from the passive income from a real estate. Um, and so I really only need to work part-time and kind of cover my, uh, my monthly expenses now um, beyond what the, the passive income doesn't cover. So it's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm pretty psyched. I, I feel like, you know, I, it, it's not, it was no accident, you know, but you set out doing this stuff and you don't really know how well you're going to do. You just have to do your best. And, um, hopefully you get some good breaks, which I have to say I did, particularly in the real estate uh, category. And here we are today. Now I'm on your podcast, uh, sharing whatever value I can. <clears throat> so now you have, you've decided to have this website. You're, you've decided to pay it forward a little bit. Uh, playlouder.com is a website that does what? You... Yeah. So my, my motto is work smarter, plan better, play louder. Um, and I feel like that's what I've tried to do and have been able to do and am doing, you know, now I'm, I'm enjoying a lot more free time, uh, now that I'm in this position, but what the website does, my website really is a blog and in, in basically I'm just giving all sorts of information, my own, you know, my own information from from my life and what I've learned over the years, just a way for free. Whoever wants to read it, I'm sharing all my thoughts and all the stuff I've cobbled together. Um, so that's the website. Now I also though get paid now to manage people's money and uh, be the CFO of, of of businesses as well. So I'm like basically a, a part time CFO and business consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have about a half a dozen clients some of which are actually creative companies in Los Angeles, uh, old friends of mine who also own companies. Now I have some other kinds of companies as well. And I really just manage their money, help them make better business decisions. Um, all the things that a CFO would do, I help them a lot with tax planning and you know those sorts of things. But what ended up happening is, you know, 
I started managing the money of some of the owners as well, because what I kind of preach as uh, to, to my clients is that, especially the business owners, it's like, hey, you know, yeah, your business is one thing, but your money enters your life and your business. And it really just, it really only becomes meaningful when it's like in your savings account, you know what I mean? And it's actually your money in the bank. Uh, what's, what's, you know, if you own a business and you don't, you know, you spend most of the money in the business, you, take, you don't take home much. Well, what's the point of that? Hmm. So I really started to educate people that you gotta, you gotta actually take the business bookkeeping and the business financial management and apply those same principles to your personal life and really do personal bookkeeping, personal financial management, and look at it as one whole system. And, uh, you know, it, it essentially involves um, just, just the same things that, that you would do when you're running a solid business. It's like you're financially prudent. You look at how you're making money. If you're making money, what's the, be- what's the best money you're making, i.e. all your best income sources, stuff like that. You really do have to be tax efficient. You know, you have to um, really spend some time figure out how you can utilize your business status and real estate investments to be more tax efficient. You really have to do, in my opinion, the bookkeeping for your business, but also for your personal life. So tracking your income and expenses, really having good data and knowing that you're doing a good job and and you're being uh, prudent with your money. And then you have to figure out how you're going to invest those savings. It's like, keep as much of the money as you're making while also enjoying your life. I'm, I was never really a super frugal person, to be honest, but, <laughs> but I was smart about my money. And then I spent, I spent money on things that were important to me and I didn't waste money on stuff that didn't matter to me. Um, and then figuring out what's the best way to invest those savings so that they're growing and really working as hard as they can for you while you're continuing to do your day job. Um, and hopefully, you know, those, those investments are going to advance you to what I like to call the promised land or some version of retirement, um, sooner than later, you know, and people use the word, you know, I think when sometimes they use the word retirement, especially to younger people, you know, that it's just, that's something they're not thinking about. Like, I don't know, it's like, it's too far off in the distance. Mm -hmm. It's too abstract, but a lot of young people, especially in the blog screen, now that I blog a lot and I kind of have friends in that realm, the fire movement is a, is a pretty mm-hmm. serious thing. Financial independence, retire early. So a lot of people now are really talking about it more as financial independence. It's essentially get, getting getting off the, the hamster wheel, so to speak, mm-hmm. whether that be a golden hamster wheel or not. Sometimes I would call my life in L.A. the golden hamster wheel. Um, and basically, you know, kind of taking back your time and, and being able to do more of what you want, whatever that might be in a day. And it doesn't always mean not working or working at not working at anything at all and just like golfing all day or something like that um but it it means you having more choices about what you Mm -hmm. can do with your time um and it you don't get there by accident and you know i've been surprised as i've been doing this consulting work and and learning more about other people's finances and how other people manage their money and stuff and and realizing that most of the time they're just not managing their money. I mean, they're, they're just not putting much time or effort or energy to it. And these are smart, you know, successful people, people that do make a lot of money, you know, they're professionals or they're business owners and they just don't have the time or, and, or the interest, you know, that's the other key component. Um, you know, I, I, 
think about managing your mind is kind of like exercising. It's like some people really love exercising and they would just do it anyway. And they get the health benefit of something that they like to do. Uh, I don't like exercising, ironically, um, but I like, you know, financial things. I like managing my money. I like learning about investments. I like investing money. I, I like that whole process. So for me, it was always kind of fun and, and, you know, me being naturally inquisitive on a topic that I enjoy, but for others, it's just the last thing that they want to do. Um, and, you know, combine that with, with limited time, because like I said, as you, as you get more responsibility in this world and the job, the hours go up, they don't go down and, uh, the, the finances fall by the wayside, but you really do, I think, leave a lot of money on the table. Um, and which ultimately, translates into just more years of work. <laughs> okay. Mm. I always think of money you don't save, you could have, and money you don't make from investments that you should have been in. You're, you're not just not making money. You're just tacking more years of work onto the end mm. of your life. And I, and ironically, it's, mm. I liken that to the tax bracket system. You know, it's like, it's funny, you know, the more money you make, the more taxes you pay, right? You know, because you graduate into this, there's a graduated system mm-hmm. of taxes, but it's like, you're tacking, you're tacking more work onto the end of your life where you're really not going to be wanting to do more work like at that point, you know what I mean? Like at 60 plus, you're just like, I'm just tired, you know? Yeah. And you're like, I got to work 10 more years now because I didn't feel like doing my finances or figuring mm. out what to invest in. And yeah, I know. Hopefully, you know, for your audience they're if they're looking at your podcast, they're engaging in this kind of thing and and they're they're seeking out investments. So so maybe I'm preaching to the choir. But, you know, I have some some folks. I actually also just do some coaching like individual people um, will find Mm -hmm. me through my website and they'll they'll book some time with me and I help them get set up with Quickener and I help them figure out what they're doing with their money. And I just kind of act as like a personal trainer for their money. Okay. But some of them, it's like they have a lot of savings, but they're just sitting in CDs. You know, you're just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, you got hundreds of thousands of dollars in CDs. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't think that's going to cut it. You know, I think you're going to have to get a little more creative than that. Or it's in but their, they- you know, 401k. It's in their IRA. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so yeah. I, I try to help people. I guess in, in some sense, I, I help people identify a lot of the things that, the folks that come on your podcast talking yeah. about, and you've really had some, some interesting, great guests that, you know, are really experts in, in their niche mm-hmm. and in their product. And there's just, it's, it really is a, a great wealth of info. So congratulations on collecting some great um, opportunities you. for people. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, once our listeners or once they get into real estate, once they start getting into, um, you know, all of a sudden they're getting um, all these other different tax documents, you know, from from these syndicators or from these general partners and things like that. And and they know that they need to do something. So it's nice that you, you know, want to pay it forward a little bit. And, you know, I, I'm looking on your site and some of the courses, if you, you know, how to incorporate businesses, uh, some personal budgeting basics, you know, so you, you do a plethora of the beginner type stuff mm-hmm. on how you can analyze real estate. And, and, you know, by the way, everyone, you know, these are free courses, those three that I talked about, and then you can actually get into, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit, the financial independence roadmap and, and things like that. 
Yeah, yeah. So kind of the stuff on my site and even just what I talk to my clients about are like the, the three pillars I, I call of success with this is being business minded, you know, uh, which could mean, you know, hopefully owning a business, if not that, you know, maybe being an independent consultant, if not that, even trying to be more entrepreneurial at your regular job, if you can. But but owning a business, you know, is is pretty important in a variety of ways. So hence the course there on incorporating and, mm-hmm. and that, right? The next pillar is being financially prudent. You really have to pay attention to your income and expense and, you know, get the most out of the money that you're making. um, And, you know, so you can get that invested. And Mm -hmm. that's the personal finance component and just doing personal bookkeeping. And then the last pillar is, you know, investment focused or investing focused and and really figuring out how am I going to get the best return I can on my investable savings, right? So my courses, you know, essentially speak to those three pillars and most of my content and that inevitably filters down to, to those, those three pillars. Um, but the personal roadmap thing is the concept of really just mapping out uh, your whole roadmap to retirement, because, you know, I think people are on this trip to like people, again, people often don't consider what, what they're doing throughout their lives in saving. Everyone kind of knows, all right, I need to save, I need to invest. Okay, I'm going to figure it out. Maybe I put 10% of my money to it. But they don't really re- really think about why they're doing that and how it's going to play out, you know, mm-hmm. 30 years from now. And um, that's part of the problem. It's like, I, I, I say to people, it's like you're going on a road trip and you have no map and you don't exactly know where you're going. You know, so it's like, I guess that could be fun. The irony is that could be really fun if like you just got out of college or whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, just want to have a good time. But yeah, for one like, year, generally, it's good to know which roads you should be on, you know, when you're going to a destination. Um, so you can map that out, you know, it's like you it, and it's it's not that hard. So that course there, it, it inevitably goes into like a longer paid course if people are interested in that. And I have all these, you know, spreadsheets and stuff, but I really walk people through how to think about where they're going, what their retirement is going to look like, how and calculate how much money they're going to need to save and how much return they're going to need to get on those, that, those savings so that they can actually reach, you know, the number they're going to need to, to do their retirement. And Nobody does this, <laughs> you know, well, maybe the fire people do it, um, mm. but it's not hard to do. And it's so eye opening. And I think so crucial to like really get your average person like kicked into gear about taking it seriously, because there's just you can't get time back. You know, you mm. can't get that that compounding of time back. Yep. And that's the tough part, you know, where I'll talk to business owners and they're like late 40s <laughs> and they just have not seen, you know, they're just starting to think about it now. They're like, well, I'm getting tired. You know, this is, I'm, I don't, I don't think I can do this forever, but I just, I haven't saved that much, yeah. you know? And it's not that they've saved nothing, you know, it, they, they might have a few hundred thousand dollars, even 500 plus, but it's like, it's going to cost you a little bit more than that, you know, to, to me and to certainly to maintain the lifestyle maybe they have today. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you want to do that math. You know, and it's not hard. So, so that that course is really just designed to get people um, and help them to do that math and see what their goal is, and then you know um, chart a course to get there. Um, now, the I, I business, think, you sorry, know, I, I, I think a lot of people would be shocked 
because uh, it, it's so easy to throw numbers out. You know, it, you sit there and say, you know what, I want to have five million dollars by the time I retire, and I want to retire at the age of fifty-five. You start going backwards, and you're like, okay, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly, I do think a lot of people don't do it because they're scared to do it. They don't want to yeah. know. They don't want to know the the results of the calculations. It, it might be it might be a little bit of a bummer. And it's more fun <laughs> spending the money right now competing yeah. with the Joneses. I'd rather yeah. have that hundred thousand dollar car, mm-hmm. you know. But then you calculate. It's like you know, if you got a fifty thousand dollar car and you put that fifty thousand dollars into something that earns some interest. You know, yeah, it's, it's just a different way of thinking, isn't it? It is. I mean, I look, you know, I look at the investments like assets, you know, like a car, you know, just different kind of asset that's cooler, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it also generates money for you. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. that's 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 the kind of hobby I want. I want to collect those things. Um yeah. But yeah, you know, but what it also does is it, it helps you to say, OK, well, if I need to make more, I really got to take that seriously. How do I go do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I, I think it just changes your mindset to being more entrepreneurial, you know, and even if, even at your regular job, it's like, I always say to pe- people, you know, in that case, cause a lot of, not every career allows you to go do a business, you know? So I say, if you can do a business, um, not only do you get the benefit of hopefully making more money, controlling your income, controlling your time. And whether or not you work a lot at the business, you do control your time. So Mm -hmm. you can spend some time during the days working on figuring out those investments and various things like that. You just have a lot more flexibility as a business owner, but you also get the tremendous tax benefits of being a business owner. Um, And it is, it is unfortunate, you know, for, for people in their career that they just can't do a business, you know, cause it's too much to start or it's too hard or whatever. The W2 employee does unfortunately on a percentage basis, pay the most tax. And, you mm-hmm. know, it really kind of does, you know, hamstring them. So I say, well, if you can convert some of your work into a consulting gig where you can, you know, ideally get incorporated, I think that's the best thing to do. But even if you're just making money 10 you're going to get some of those tax benefits, you know, and, Tax being tax efficient w- through business ownership and also real estate ownership really can produce a ton more savings for you. Um, and then you invest that savings in either more real estate or stocks or whatever else. Um, but that that is kind of like the secret fourth pillar. Uh, I have to say is like you know just do doing your best to be tax efficient and um, and then taking those extra savings, obviously, and putting them to work for you. Um, so yeah, so it's like if 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 they are kind of W two and they and it's more about okay, well, how how can you make more money? Do you need to leave your job and do a diagonal move? Can you get? Can you can can where can you go in your career currently? Like what is what is the job that you can actually see at your place of office? That if you get in that position, you know how much money you're going to be making. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing above you, you know, or if it's not looking good. I mean, it's as, it's as serious as you need to rethink what you're doing. You know I mean? It's like, and again, I think th- sometimes this is pretty heavy and, and, and it's a lot, it's a lot to consider for, for people, you know? So I understand that, but, you know, I always feel like you, you got to know the real facts and then, then you got to adjust and, and make good maneuvers because it's your life and, and your potential retirement, you know? Yeah. You know, one thing I, I don't like is you have, all these people that they're up in arms because 
all of us entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, uh, it's not that we're not paying taxes because we are paying taxes, but we get a lot of depreciations and write-offs and things like that. You know, so I hate it immediately when they say, well, you guys don't pay taxes. I'm like, believe yeah, me, I pay, we pay you know, taxes. <laughs> we pay taxes, but we also uh, are, are smart. And I don't like people that complain and bitch about all these these things, but then won't do anything to fix it. Yeah. Okay, exactly. quit, I mean, quit bitching to me about it. Change your lifestyle, change whether you do passive income investments or go into business yourself. There are ways that you can also save, uh, you know, w- with your income, you know, by doing depreciations and, and write offs. So you can uh, not owe as much taxes. Yeah. I mean, the tax components, you know, so important that. If you're going to do something on the side, you should orient it towards getting mm-hmm. tax benefits. I mean, I, I don't, you know, why the tax code is the way it is. I mean, I just suspect that it's because the, the people who who run this country are very wealthy they and benefit. they own real estate and they own businesses. So they make the rules so that the rules benefit them. So, you know, you can complain about that or you can just learn the rules and right. do your best to get in the game in that sense. Um and I think you you should, and I think you need to actually, mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to get to where you want to go. Now, one thing I'll say about the fire movement, which is 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 an important factor. Um, like a lot of the fire movement is about being frugal, you know, yeah. uh, and just you spend way less money, so you need less. You know, mm-hmm. you can save more and you need less. And it's not just about saving more today. If you if the lower you reduce your cost of of living in this retirement phase, the less mm-hmm. you will need because mm-hmm. you won't need to have your investments produce as much money. So yep. that is a way that, you know, you can, you can get closer and get further along by saving, you know, if mm-hmm. making more money is obviously always a hard challenge, it's a hard challenge for everybody. So you can be proactive on the saving and the financial prudency part as well. That's well within everybody's control immediately. And most people, yeah. you know, are not doing anything on mm-hmm. that front at all. They don't even like, you know, track any of their expenses in the, you know, in mm-hmm. some kind of computer program or whatever. And a spreadsheet in your just, you know, some budgeting app, and doing it, you know, kind of half-ass, that's not good enough. You're just, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> so you allow people. I'm very you're, rigid on this front. <laughs> well, you know, that's okay because it's, you know, you're telling the truth. It, it's, you know, people, you know, sorry, people that keeping up with the Joneses um, might be nice for the next 10, 15 years, but there's going to be guys like Joe and I that, don't care what the Joneses do and we're going to be 55, 60, and we're the ones that's going to be sipping the Mai Tais, mm-hmm. you know, and you're still going to be working because you have all of these expenses where my house is going to be paid off. Cause I don't need a bigger house every five years. Yep. Okay. My house is fine. My cars are actually through the business because I own a business. So it's mm-hmm. a business expense. So how can I not have any personal costs uh, and, and, you know, minimize my personal costs? And that's, you know, what what uh, Joseph and I are talking about. Uh, it, it's something that needs to be talked about. And I know, Joe, that you, through your website, uh, playlouder.com, um, 
can help people and work these types of issues and getting a uh, foundation established for our listeners. So uh, everyone, if you are interested, uh, Joseph knows what he's talking about. He knows um, how to help you. You know, it, it is a, a, a big task, especially if you've, you, were, you didn't see your parents go through it. You don't have any mentors or advisors that are showing you how to do this. It's extremely important because in a blink of an eye, you're going to be as old as I am <laughs> and not have anything to show for it except for uh, expenses. Yeah. I mean, I do think in some ways, you know, not to be conspiracy sounding, but the system, you know, it does kind of lead the average person down the road of of Mm -hmm. a long life of work. You know, there is I watched this I watched this TV show once. I can't remember what it was, but there was a character um, playing a really wealthy banker like in the late 1800s. And he was talking about all these plans he had. And he said, we're going to need a compliant workforce to get this done. <laughs> mm. And I was like, that's really fascinating. But yeah, you do, you know, and almost you need to engineer it. So people pretty much will have to be on the teeth, so to speak, you mm-hmm. know, for a long, long time. Like there's no, you know, it sounds conspiracy like, but I really kind of believe that, you know, I never put it past very, very, you know, old wealth, you know, and power to, think like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, if, if, and you know, you learn it from your parents, if your parents don't own businesses or anything like that. And you, like I said, you don't have any teacher, you kind of just go down the road, um, you know, that, that your parents and the system sort of lay out, you know, right. and, and it's just the irony is, is that like that road, you know, you pay the most tax on the, on percentage basis, you know, whether that's fair or not, I don't know, but you know, it's something I can do about it, you know? And it's like, you get sold all this stuff along the way so that you're always got a monthly payment and, you know, mm-hmm. you, and it's like, it just drives you into this forever, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hamster wheel cycle. And I think that does benefit a lot of very w- rich, powerful, wealthy people. You know, it's like, they need people to be in that position, you know, so that they're reliant on, on the job. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds crazy. I've never actually really verbalized that on a podcast before, probably because people would think I'm nuts, but, but I, I don't know. I'm like, I probably sound, kind of sounds right. I feel like, you know, but sure. who knows, you know? Yeah. Well, like, you but, know, there, yeah, but, but you the know beauty what? is you can change it. You know, that's, that's the beauty it. of our system. You can actually just figure it out and go try other things and, you know, get, get on, get on the right side of it. You know, that's there the beauty of, of our country and the system, you know? Well, that, that is, is, uh, we are allowed in the good old USA to, uh, change things if we don't like it mm-hmm. and, uh, be an entrepreneur instead of someone that makes someone else money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's all been good. Well, Joe, I think we're, we're running close on time. Sure. I appreciate it. Again, everyone, uh, playlouder.com. And uh, you can go in th- through uh, and, and get some courses. You can go in and ask Joseph for some consulting. If you are interested about uh, getting ahead in life, retiring early, and having more, I guess, life control over your control life. over your life you know e- even though i work a lot of hours i control when i work mm-hmm. and uh, then i can go golf if i want in the morning 
yeah, or I can work in through in my RV or I can work up at my cabin. You know, these are the different things. I'm still working, but I get to choose where, when, and I have more control and I'm happier. Exactly. That's what we all want, I think. Exactly. Well, Joseph, it's been wonderful having you on. Thank you Thank for you your for uh, knowledge and your time. Happy to be here. Have a great time. Thanks for tuning in to the Richer Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichergeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.